Remember who lives inside of you and remember what you're capable of. Whether it's the food deal, if you can't afford groceries, you know what? God fed, was it 5,000, 4,000 with two loaves and a couple fish? I don't know. That same God still lives inside of you, right? If it's gas prices, that same God still lives inside of you. And um, yeah, so, and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like exactly, but I think we're going to find out. I think we're at a place where we're going to find out. These times right now are not meant to scare us, but we as believers, I believe it's opportunities for us to walk into, thank you, to walk into who we are and what we're capable of. You know, we don't have to pray to multiply our food if we've got plenty of food. (laughs) But what an opportunity for us to step into that, wherever that applies in your life. That's awesome. I just wanted to remind you guys of that. The Christ that lives inside of you did amazing things, and he's still an amazing God. And inside of you and through you, through your heart, through your mind, he can do even more amazing things because it says so. In the word. I'm pointing to my phone, but the word is in my phone right now. (laughs) Oh, man. I I just want to take a little poll right now. Has anybody been struggling, having some difficult times? Last night when I was in bed, you know, do like every American, you're on your phone for a little while before you go to bed. It's like, you're supposed to do that, I think. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sitting and I'm laying in the bed and I have the light of the phone, so it kind of makes everything behind the phone look really dark, like it kind of shuts all the light. I don't know if that makes sense. And I just felt, I felt this thing, <clears throat> I don't know if it was physically in the room, but I felt something just like lurking like this. And I'm like, okay, you know what's up. There's greater things ahead for us. That's what you're trying to do. It was that evil part that's trying to deter me from the greatness of who we are and what we're about to step into. And when I felt that, I was like, nah, I'm not even going to go there with you. And then my mind started going with, you need to pray, you need to be on your knees, and you need to do all the things. You need to be fasting, you need to whatever. It was 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I thought, no. I mean, pray, yeah, I did pray for a little bit, but I thought, I'm not even going to fret of all this stuff. I'm going to rest in who I am. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to go to sleep because he still lives inside of me as I'm asleep and he lives inside of me even now. So why am I saying all that? Is it doesn't matter what's in front of you because what the word says is greater is he that is in you than he's in the world and you're going to do greater things. That's what I want to say. (laughs) So let's do greater things and... And then let's talk about him. Because <laughs> I want to know. John and I are on a quest to do some great things. And um, we haven't done them yet, John. You haven't? Don't do them without telling me, John. But when we will, I tell you what, you guys will know about it. Because <laughs> we will be telling y'all. So, yes. Um, kids. Do we, we have kids? Hold the kids for a second. You ready? Yes. All right. He is pastor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, 
Um, everybody good? Of course you're good. Your sons and daughters. Um, so there's a there's a there's a couple of things. Um, uh, obviously, Kevin has COVID, and we want to we want to pray the Shondai over him, right? That uh, that uh, all that healing and everything. But um, man, Patty Jordan is back here. We're family, and. Uh, man, this family has just come in a few weeks ago, right? I, got, I met you, Granley, like maybe about four weeks ago or something like that. Uh, they got on to me because we canceled last. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't. No. But, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I got to meet some of their, their children the first week. And, and uh, man, Patty sent me an email with, with her, uh, a, a, just a portion of their story. And, man, it, it's amazing. Just like all the other stories in here, God is at work all over the place, right? But um, Granley was telling me this morning that uh, she actually got off. She went in early so she could get, leave early so she could get here today because, man, our sister needs some prayer. And um, there's just a, a medical. She's going in tomorrow for a scan, and we want to pray uh, for God to do what he does. So uh, I asked, and he said it was okay. So I hope I'm not embarrassing you. If it is, it's his fault, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I want, to, I want to do this. Could some of you ladies just head over that way if, if y'all are okay or comfortable? Are you okay with that, Patty? We just coming? Yeah. Man, we're, we're going to, if you, would, would you mind standing just for a moment there? And um, how many of y'all know that uh, names are, are things, right, that call certain things, but Jesus is the name above all names. Amen? And so this morning, I, I, man, if you ladies, Eric, I mean, uh, Rebecca, if you could just Man, just take off right there, Rebecca. Just pray for her. And uh, if y'all would, just join in. And we just want to believe this morning for God to do what he can do. Amen. We just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He's so good. Eric, do you have something? It's okay. All right, no. Yeah, we, we uh, Raquel mentioned that you know, you've been, seems like you've been stepping into healing, and so that's why we wanted to ask if you wanted to pray or if you had, if not, it's cool, no, no pressure. Hey, absolutely, man. Let's do this again. Amen? Eric's been jumping out there on that stuff, so Father, we just thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So see, like right here, church, if we can just put all our attention, all our focus at what God wants to do in Patty's life right here, right now. Just put your attention, put your heart. You know, if, if it was your mom, if it was your sister, if it was your daughter, let's focus right now on the healing power of God for our friend, our sister, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just call out the name of Jesus right now over her life, over her situation. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Man, he's good, amen? He's good. You know, we have actually seen creative miracles in this house right here, in these chairs right here. We've seen creative miracles, stuff that doesn't make any sense. 
in this in this part of life, but it makes sense in his. <laughs> Amen. And so we're believing with you guys for that type of encounter. We're believing for an absolute creative miracle. Um, and he's good. Yes. Sorry. Uh, man, we pray for Kevin. No Rona. Right. For everybody that had it last week. Wiped clean. All good. So are you ready, Lydia, with the man? Go back there and teach these kiddos some good kingdom stuff. That's what she does. All right, kiddos, let's head back there and, and, and don't, don't bulldoze Miss Lydia over, please. Well, maybe a little. James is like, yes, run her over, please. No. Um, if you would, um, I know they're going to put it on the screen. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 61. And... Um, this will be the uh, this will be the last uh, part of this this message on freedom. It's what I've been teaching on. I'm excited. Um, amen. I'm gonna pull this back over here real quick. Um, you know, this is just uh, the picture I had in my head all those years ago when this all started, and. Um, um, thank you, John. The, the journey that we've been on, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to review as much. Um, they're all up on YouTube if you want to go and, and check out uh, the previous messages. Um, the bottom line is that you and I were created before the foundations of the world, and then he made man and the earth and everything. We were already lined out before all that. You can see the scripture in the previous uh, videos. Then, then came the fall of man, the fall from authority. They didn't fall away from God. They fell from their authority. And then the system of darkness continued on. The cross comes, and this is our life between um, creation, the time you're born, and, and then the cross. And, and that turns into this part of, of, the, of your life is called the course of this world is what... The Bible calls it, and we looked last week about the, the battles that we face and how the enemy tries to, his only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? That's John 10, and Jesus said that himself. And we looked at, at how to do those battles when those things come in your, in your thoughts, because the enemy, um, our, our enemies, uh, you know, Lucifer, Satan, uh, the system of darkness as a whole, it does not fight us physically. Um, it, it doesn't attack us that way. It attacks us through our thoughts. Uh, Psalm 91, Ephesians, uh, Colossians, all, there's all these other psalms and stuff that talk about fiery darts. And there's a, again, that's a whole another part of the teaching that we already went through. And um, like what Raquel was just explaining is exactly how it happens. You're in a place, you're in a position, you're resting. You've already been set free from, you know, where you were in life, right? And, and all of a sudden, something starts to, to come at you. These thoughts start to come. Does anybody in here really think that God ever says, oh my God, you're so stupid? Do you know that I, I personally don't believe that those words can come out of his mouth towards us? You know Why? Uh, or even towards people at all. And the reason why is because God is love. 
right? And love is, looks like kindness, looks like gentleness, looks like encouragement, looks, right? Um, it doesn't degrade, it doesn't condemn, uh, it doesn't curse, it doesn't, it, it, it never does that. And so I don't think that, that God can actually say those words to you and I. And so when I hear those words, and it's not Raquel, I have to remember that <laughs> I couldn't hold it. I couldn't hold it. No. <laughs> Just jokes. Just jokes, baby. Take it easy. If you hear those thoughts, that is not God speaking that to you. That is the enemy throwing those darts. Oh, you're worthless. Oh, you're dumb. Oh, you're whatever. Oh, you're still like what you used to be, right? Um, and so all that goes on. But this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at, in Isaiah 61, um, this is where all of this came uh, to fruition in my life. And this is, um, this is what really hit and changed me that big, massive change in my life in 2017. So um, I made a statement every single service where I said that you and I were never meant to know evil by experience. We were never meant to know evil by experience. Do you know that in actuality, you and I were not meant to know turmoil? We were not meant to know distress any of that. When God created everything, the creator of the universe stood back and after everything he said, it is good. But at the very last day, after mankind was created, he said, man, it's very good. And he said that, and this was paradise. This was Eden. It was the kingdom domain of heaven was here on earth. And that actually was the purpose of mankind to have dominion over the earth and to populate it. And that was going to become just like heaven. Are you with me? And so when Lucifer enters and the fall from authority happens, there is a shift because mankind gave away what God had given. And there was a shift. And then God's plan of redemption was set in motion. And so, you know, that's the first time where he says, you know, you know, I've said this before too. God never actually cursed man. He actually never cursed. Go back and read it. He did not curse Adam. He did not curse Eve. He cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent. Right? Go back and check it out. It's total it's amazing. But that's where he said, now there's going to be pain in childbirth. Now you're going to, you're going to uh, toil by the sweat of your brow. And there's all this other part of it that happened. Because we were never meant to know evil by experience. That was never his intention. And so if there's something that you face in your life, or if there's something in the past that was evil and that you learned it by experiencing it, there is redemption, right? Now, the enemy... Satan comes, a system of darkness comes, and they begin to throw those darts, as the scripture calls them. They throw those darts, right? And every bit of that, every bit of that battle, every bit of that, that process is simply to keep you 
from walking in your true created identity. That's all that's for. The system of darkness does not want you and I walking in who we are really meant to be. And Raquel mentioned it, greater things. Think about this. Um, Ryan Pena made a great statement the other day that it was pretty cool. Um, he was talking about how, you know, we talk about as, as on earth, as in heaven, right? We, we're trying to live out and, and, and create, you know, release the kingdom here. But uh, he said, you know, I don't, I don't read that there's any miracles going on in heaven. Like, you don't, you don't read that, that there's miracles going on up there, right? That broken limbs are healed and all that stuff. And so it, um, he was talking about how are we, have we shifted our mindset yet to expect not so much the thing that God is doing, but the presence of God. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a bad uh, comparison thing, but anyway, um, sorry, I'm trying not to rabbit trail. I want to get to this, this about um, this Isaiah 61 about um, why all this is happening the way it is. There is a tremendous, we call it a call, right? Now, we probably need to change our language because I don't know that, you know, Marco and Axton and Stephanie and all the other kids, I don't know if they're going to walk around talking about the call on my life. I mean, I don't know. There's probably a new language, you know, that we need to come up with. But a better word for right now is what you're meant to do. There's a call on your life, right? There's something you're meant for. Do you, you understand? Does that, make, does that make sense with everybody? Am I, right? There is something, there's a purpose for you. There's, a, there's a, a, an exact definition for who you are, for how you are, and for what you are meant to do. And every bit of it, because the world is in the state that it's in, everything that you and I are meant to do is meant to change the world around us. Because you and I, thank God, we have come into the understanding that we are sons and daughters. That we, we call it born again, or you got saved, or made the happy hop to hallelujah to use our old school stuff, right? Right? Um, or you've been redeemed. Amen? Praise God. <laughs> because we have stepped into that part of our identity, and because we are the new creation in Christ, which means simply that now we are back in line with God's full purpose for us. We're in the capability of walking out our life in the manner that he designed us to do so. Now that doesn't mean that we don't get mohawks. That doesn't mean that we don't get nose rings. That doesn't mean that, oh, my God, they got tattoos. They're out of the will of God. Do you know I saw a guy preaching the other day, um, and he was screaming and yelling. And his whole point in this portion of his message was how um, if you have a beard, you're unholy. And this actually was a massive Pentecostal apostolic conference. There's a thousand people in there, and they're all, yeah. 
And I know that's, you know, we don't come, I mean, we never thought beards were wrong, but we do come from that religious mindset, that religious thinking, right? Um, I'm sorry, man, but Jesus had a beard, so what? I mean, that'd be my first, like, what the heck, right? But second of all, there's nothing that, that God says about having a beard or you know, we, we saw some folks yesterday, and Raquel's wearing a sleeveless shirt. And they kind of gave her the, <laughs> the up-down. I'm like, I mean, my first fiery dart was to punch them in the mouth, but that's probably not good, huh, Mark? Not exactly. So that means there's a window for it. No. But man, like those things, they don't matter to God. You know, the funny thing is they don't actually matter to other people, right? God's not in the business of putting himself or you in a box. The kingdom of God must work everywhere or it doesn't work anywhere. What do I mean by that? If we are in some part of the world where tattoos are the way of life, if you go to Samoa or you go to Taiwan, I mean, are we really going to think that we're that arrogant that we would go over there and that, oh, your entire culture is completely wrong and you're, uh, that's, that's actually what the Spanish Inquisition was all about, <laughs> where they murdered people that wouldn't change. And... God's not in the murdering business. That's a whole nother teaching. Um, and if anybody wants to argue, I won't argue, but we'll go to have steak and discuss. So this morning, let's talk about the walk of freedom. Once, once you've come to the cross and now you're on this path of your true identity, and these little circles represent those moments in our life where God brings you to the place of recognition. He's trying to work something out in your life, right? Holy Spirit is trying to, you know, uh, the scripture in Romans says, conform us to the image of his son. His son was perfect, right? His son handled all things. And, and there are issues in our life where we, yes, we were free at the cross. Amen? Me and Rebecca, okay. <laughs> Raquel, you're not free? Oh, Okay, like we have our freedom here, right? And, and, and you know what's even more cool is that the freedom that the cross brings was done that day. That day right there. People already have freedom. They just don't understand that. They're already free from the curse and the course of this world. They just don't know it yet. And that's the whole point is you and I are meant to go out and change the world around us so that people can recognize and step into their purpose and their identity so that they can change. But along the way, along the way on this part right here is where we get these thoughts. The enemy tries to come and say, man, you are worthless. I can't believe that you did that, that you do that, that you think like that, that you walk like that, that you, you know, or something comes lurking in the night, attacking, bringing thoughts, right? All so that you can get off track. But what happens is you and I get to a place where, God's teaching. He's Holy Spirit is to use that Old Testament word. He's wooing you into a place, right? 
He wants us to trust a little more, right? Step into that. And so you get to these moments where you, you have this opportunity to step into somewhere you haven't been in your faith, in your understanding, in your relationship, your walk, your life takes a step up closer towards your full identity. So now let's talk about why. We talked about strongholds last week and his truth, reality. Why is all that there? The reason is because this part of the message I've titled um, The Walk of Freedom and what it looks like. Um, and that's the question that I ask is, what is freedom for you and I supposed to look like? Does it mean that we just, boom, we're just done and we got, you know, we made the crossover, right? And now we just get to sit home and watch Netflix and Xbox or something? Oh, I'm too old. Well... Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90, and they had a baby. Is there anybody in their right mind that wants to even think about having a kid at 99 years old? Definitely not me. Got four grandkids that keep me very focused at 49 years old. I'm doing this. Oh, I'm too young. Yeah, that doesn't fly either. How many of you, now most of us in here, like we've already been in this uh, arena that we're in with our worship. We've been doing that for a while. And so we're kind of used to that. But how many of you remember the first time that you saw Remy come up here and dance with his flags, right? Or how about one of those services where there's like 15 kids that are just dancing with the flags? And we don't believe that the flags are the be-all, end-all. That's not the end of our ultimate worship. But it's a great expression, and it does stuff in the atmosphere, and these kids are stepping into that. And I remember the first time that I saw that, and I was like, Wow. Man, Remy took up this whole spot here, man. <laughs> Remy walks up here like, man, get out of my way. Move it. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs the song while he's worshiping, right? Like, you know, those kind of moments like that, they're, they're children, and they're, they don't fully understand everything that they're doing either. But it's so cool that something like that can impact me. Well, I'm an artist. I don't do nothing. Have you... Have you seen any of the stuff that, that Laura does? Like this lady is looking at, she, I know what she's doing. She's looking in my backpack when we're at practice and she's getting my notes because she's, she's over here in worship and she's sitting over here against the wall and she's painting out what the Lord is speaking to her. But she looked at my notes. But, no, I mean, it's amazing. You go talk to her afterwards and she's like, man, look, this is, and it's exactly what I preached about. Right? It's crazy. Not, not that Laura's crazy. <laughs> Mark says, maybe a little. Mark says, oh, that pastor's prophetic. <laughs> so what does it look like? It, your age doesn't matter. Your, 
misfunctions of your mind that you think are there, they don't matter. They don't matter. If you believe you have an, uh, a disability that hinders you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do you know that in the Bible, you know that there was a time where God used a donkey? You know, he actually used an insane man. There was a man that was insane. Loco in the coco. And God used him. So there are no, there's no limits. Amen? There are no limits. If there's no limits on what God wants to do with us, then are there any limits on you? Absolutely not. So let's look at this. The walk of freedom. What is freedom supposed to look like? Isaiah 61 is just beautifully written. Um, and in the New American Standard, he says, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to stop right there for a second because I want to break this down. Let, let, me, let, me, let me read it. Let me do that. Just for, I'm going to read it once uh, out of the New American Standard. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And, and then it goes into verse 4. We'll come back to that. But I'm going to read it to you now out of the Passion. I'm going to break it down. Um, this first portion in the Passion says, The Spirit of the Lord Yahweh, which Yahweh is uh, the name of God, uh, is, it says, uh, The Spirit of Yahweh is wrapped around me because... Yahweh has anointed me. So the Spirit of God is wrapped around me because God has anointed me. So I started digging, and um, the word is that uh, anointed or wrapped. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, not anointed. Uh, the word wrapped, it's like saying because. Like, it's like saying um, He's upon me because, like there's nothing else behind it, because he doesn't need anything else. He simply is, and he loves you enough to just be with you. He is simply around us. Does that make sense? But let's look at this word anointing. It's mashak, and I did not say that properly in the Hebrew language. Sorry. Throw a rock. Outdoors. Um, so the spirit of God, you know what? I messed up that word wrapped. That is not accurate. Um, I'm, I'm jumping in my notes. Um, the word wrapped, uh, I'm sorry. It is upon, in, on, over, or by, or for, or through, or actually even beside. So in other words, there's nowhere you can go that the spirit of God is not around you. That's what it means. Um, but the word anointing, the Spirit of God is upon me because He has anointed me. The word anointing, it means to smear. 
It means to smear or to spread out like a liquid uh, or even to paint, right? And so, (laughs) as he goes into this next portion, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has smeared me, right? He has smeared me as a messenger, and then we're going to dig into this, but I want you to think about something as we're reading through this. God doesn't actually smear you with something for something. And you're going to see in a second with all these passages here. Let me. You're going to see here, you and I are actually smeared with everything so that we can accomplish anything. Does that make sense? You and I are smeared with everything so that we can accomplish anything. You are free today so that you can do absolutely anything that you put yourself towards. Now, granted, there are some things that are not going to, like I'm not going to instantly become a ballerina. My pirouettes are not great. My ball chain... Something, it don't work, right? But you're going to see in a second. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this part. He says, uh, "The Lord has anointed me because, or the Lord has has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He has also sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, and to tell captives that you are free, and to tell prisoners to be free from your darkness." You see the anointing. The smearing from the Lord is of himself. And we are meant to bring the very aspect and the reality of heaven to this earth, to those around you, to those you walk with, to those you live with, to those you do life with. You are meant to bring the reality of heaven to them. You are set free to bring freedom. You are set free. You walk in freedom so that you can bring freedom. Does this make sense? You were, not only was your freedom bought and paid for at the cross and given to you freely, the the smearing of the Lord happens to you at that moment. The moment that you and I realize and we come to the place of understanding, we're born again, we step in, you are smeared. I tend to think that that smearing is a little bit like... um, You ever wipe your window when it's a little, not so much dirty, because when you come to Christ, you're not dirty. Your sin's forgiven. You're the new creation. But there's a little bit of clarity that we need. You know what I'm talking about? And I think that he smears, like, I I think that he just kind of brings a clarity, almost like a cleaning, just to, let me wipe those eyes. Let me show you your purpose. Let me show you. You know, the reason that some, uh, he says, uh, Lord has anointed me to preach, the, as a messenger, to preach good news to the poor. You know the word poor right there is those that are humble or like not humble, like uh, not prideful, but he means like uh, lowly. They, they used to say uh, uh, poor, poverty stricken, you know, that type of thing. And the message that comes 
is uh, uh, that of freedom, that of power, that of, that of the wealth of the gospel, the good news. Amen? Um, the, he sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. When you're, when you're smeared with the Lord, your purpose and your destiny is what your, your, your strength is what's brought out. You already know some of it. Uh, Zoe, uh, Laura, they run in that artistic, creative field, right? I don't think they're going to just, like that's in them because that's part of how he wired them. They're not just going to jump up and say, oh, I'm supposed to be a mechanic. Right, like that, that doesn't like, I mean, you can go and learn and, and, and try to jive with that, you know, and that might be cool. You might, it might work out, but I'm talking about the thing that's already in you, right? Didn't you tell, in your testimony, you've been painting and drawing since you were like six or seven? Is that right? Nine? So, yeah. So, you know, why is that like that? Because that's not something she liked to do. It was part of this. Right? Does that make sense? All right. Um, let, me, let me back up because I think I, man, I really want to make this so presentable to y'all. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has smeared me, amen, as a messenger. Every aspect of your life can bring a message, whether you say a word or not. Right? You don't have to speak to bring your message. So, in other words, everywhere that you and I step and go is the message of the kingdom that the people see upon you. So, what message is it? What's bringing? Now, now what I mean by that is, man, when people look at you and I, they should see a picture of the Father. Amen? When they hear, when, they, when you do speak and they hear your voice, they should be hearing his voice. Right? He's anointed you. He smeared you as a messenger. He has also smeared you to, to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. You notice right there that he didn't say that I would heal. He doesn't say, I'm God and I'm going to heal the brokenhearted. He doesn't say, I'm God. And I'm going to preach the good, the good news? I'm going to preach the message? No. He is smearing you with himself so you and I can do it. You are set free to do the good works, the great amazing things that he talked about, that he designed you out to do. Amen? So we are smeared to reach and to rebuild all things in this world. And I had this thought that he didn't smear us with a message as much as he smeared us with himself so that you work anywhere, in any situation, or in any circumstance. Does that make sense? You have been smeared or painted from the Lord, not with... 
anything above what the, uh, I'm sorry, you've been smeared and painted with him, by him, with him, so that you work anywhere, any circumstance, any situation. Does that make sense? That's why I believe he kind of covers everybody in this passage as a messenger to preach good news to the, to the poor, the lowly, the, the ones that are hurt. Each one of us has a message of the goodness of the Father. Uh, he has sent me, to, or he has sent me uh, to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives you are free, to tell prisoners be free from your darkness. So right here, see, as we walk and we live, right, you're meant to be free because as you walk and as you live, you are going to encounter people that need the message. You're going to encounter people that have wounds because they're brokenhearted. If, if you think about this for a moment, if I, I'm going to say this statement and, and, and just let your thoughts kind of roll. And this isn't, this isn't a bad thing, uh, but I bet every one of us can sit here and think of people in your life that you know some are real loving and caring, right? And, and, and others are going to be all business. You know what I'm talking about, right? Don't look at your wife. Don't do that. So, like, I know I have some, some amazing friends. Man, Craig Ferris, Matt Gonzalez, man, those guys... They are, they really carry that, that pastor heart, that friend heart. Like, man, like we talk all the time, hey, how's it going, whatever, and different stuff. But they like really, they dive in with that aspect of it. And then I know some other folks that, I guess I shouldn't have said names because now you're automatically going to be thinking things. I don't mean it that way. But I, I, I know other people that are, man, they're just all business. Hey, man, love you, brother. Cool, this, 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 and this. But, man, that's not really a shoulder that you can cry on. They'll be there for you. They'll help you. They'll do it. But that's not. I remember Chris Valentin said one time, he goes, the first five years, I think it was five years, first five years of him being at Bethel, he was a counselor, marriage counselor. And he said, thank God that that's over. <laughs> He said, thank God that, that that part of my life is over and done. He goes, if they come, to, like he's talked about it in depth, that he's like, man, I will not counsel anymore, never again. You know what I'm saying? You have some people that are business like that, and then other people, they're just going to come with those mom and dad, father arms, and they're just going to, oh, tell me all about it, right? There's a difference in us. Man, I lost my spot. Sorry, y'all. So what I'm saying is, is that um, we are going to encounter the brokenhearted. And some of us will react a certain way to those wounds that they have. And some of us will react a different way. And that's not, no, sometimes that may be bad. <laughs> but we're all wired and created differently. Some of us are created with the stronger DNA to be the one that hugs and holds, right? And that may be our strength. And the other side of it would be a little more business about it. Like, let me let you get, let me help you get some help. 
And that's okay because that may be more administrative or more in that other level of that that this person over here can't do. And that's why we're a team. That's why we're a family. That's why we work together. That's why we are a community that comes together. And that's why one of us does not accomplish the goal. One of us does not fit the mold, right? Now, Jesus can do all of that. But that's why he smeared us with himself. And that's why we have freedom. It's so that you and I together can run this race. We can walk out into this city and we can see this city change. Because some of these people out here just need to hear a message. They don't need the hugging, slobbing all of snot on their shoulder, mom and dad part. They don't need it right now. But you and I have all got to be looking for wounds. You're meant to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. Are you looking for the broken hearts? You and I, have, we were set free. And this is what freedom looks like. Man, Jesus walked along. He said, oh, you know what? We're going to hold off a day from going over there. Well, Jesus, he's sick. He might need us. No, no, we're going to wait a day. We're going to let him die. And not only that, we're going to go one day over what the miracle of the Messiah was going to be, right? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I actually went there. <laughs> We've got to be on the hunt. Jesus was on the hunt. Everywhere he went, everywhere he walked, he was on the hunt. Even when he wasn't trying to hunt, he got to work. The woman with the issue. I mean, she snuck in there. She's fighting through all the, the Bible calls it the throng of people. She's, get out of my way, homie, move it. She reaches in. I can just totally see, just, just reaching in there just to, just to get a little, little pinch of his garment. Just to, just to touch it. Healed instantly. Whoa, hold up. Who just touched me? <laughs> they all told him. Remember, they all told him. What's wrong with you, dude? We're in a massive crowd. They're in the mosh pit, right? They're getting bumped all over the place. Man, you and I have got to be in the position and the place where we're looking for the, the wounds because you're meant to heal the brokenhearted. We've got to look for those with ears that are listening for the message that we have. Here's a good one. You've been smeared. Right? You've been anointed, you've been smeared, you've been painted to tell captives that you are free and to tell prisoners to be free from your darkness. See, we've got to walk and live, or as we walk and live in our freedom, we will see and encounter wounds that lead us to bro the brokenhearted. We will see Chains that will lead us to the captives. We will see the darkness that leads to the prisoners, and we will see opportunity to announce the season of grace that is on this earth. Does this make sense? See, let me read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, He has smeared me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted and to tell captives that you are free and to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am sent 
to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow. You're going to find those that are in sorrow. You know, let me back up. The, the part about the... So we know that the nature of God is only good, but we read in here, uh, it's got time. In, in the New American Standard, it talks about the, the, the year, the vengeance of our God, right? Right away you hear that, the vengeance of our God. And I feel like a Viking. I feel like, where's my sword, man? Let me throw some spears or something, right? I feel ugh, like, like God is, is he really walking around looking for his enemies? And he's going, Quaka. he already did that. And he did it right there. He did it right there. People are not the enemy. People are hurting. People don't have the message. People have broken hearts. People are captives and they can't get free. People are prisoners and they can't open the door. And that's where you come in with your freedom. Your freedom, my freedom is meant to accomplish all of these examples. We're meant, I love this part, I'm sent to announce the new season of Yahweh's grace and the time of God's recompense at his in, on his enemies. The recompense that he's talking about is against the system of darkness. Because that's, our, that's the only enemy we have. Amen? Sin was already defeated. Death. Right, uh, uh, Paul writes in Corinthians 15 uh, that that is the true enemy, is death. You and I don't have death anymore. Yeah, we're going to physically die. This, this thing right here is going to die here on this planet. I'm not dead. I'm just going to close my eyes here and I'm going to open them up, you know, <laughs> in eternity. I was going to say up there because that's still my old, that's my old religious way of thinking. It actually says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, Right? So that just means that this physicality is going to change to that physicality. This mortal is going to take on immortality, is what Corinthians says. Amen? Uh, verse, man, I can't see that. Verse 2, the end of verse 2, to comfort all who are in sorrow. You're going to come across people that are in sorrow. And you've been set free so you can lead them through comfort. Uh, look at verse 3. To comfort those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion. When you see Zion in the scripture, it's a picture of God. It's a picture of heaven. It's a picture of that, that, that thought process. I look at this and I tend to think that even here in our family, even though we have freedom, there's still going to be some mourning. Why? Because we're all still in this process of life. And we're still going to go through things. Amen? Uh, let me run through this to uh, verse 3. To strengthen those who are crushed by despair, who mourn in Zion... To give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes. To give them the oil of bliss instead of tears. And the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. This is what you and I have been 
anointed or smeared or painted from the Lord. We've been, this has happened so that we could accomplish this right here. So first, it's people, right? Bringing them freedom, bringing them the message, bringing, uh, uh, telling captives they're free, prisoners that the doors are open, to tell of the new season of God's grace, um, to comfort those in sorrow, to strengthen those in despair, to uh, give uh, beauty for ashes, amen, to give oil instead of tears, the oil of gladness or the oil of bliss, to bring praise instead of heaviness. Because that's what our freedom is for. Amen? And then I love this part. I love this in verse, uh, at the back, back part of verse 3 says, Because of this, they. Who's the they? Yeah. So, look at this. He just made this big old list of all the people that you and I are going to take freedom to because we've been anointed to. And so them and you and I, because of this, they will be known as the mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by God as a living display of his glory. You and I have freedom to bring freedom, and those are going to be called the mighty oaks. See, when you come to the place of freedom, when you come as a son or a daughter, when you come in a place of a newness in your understanding, your revelation of the Lord, man, you take that next step closer to your full identity. He calls you a mighty oak of righteousness planted by the Lord as a living display. You are a living display of freedom. You're a living display of what it looks like to be brokenhearted and healed from that. You're a living display of what it looks like to come from a place of despair or a place of sorrow or a place of trauma. You have the example in you of stepping out of that. Does this make sense? So, you know what the other thing is right here? He gives you a name. I, I, I saw Ryan Pena said that, so I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. He talked about in, in this part about when God calls us the mighty oaks of righteousness. That shows identity. That shows um, a definition of who you are. Um, you're planted from God as a living display of his glory. Look what else they're going to do. This is, this is the main part I wanted to get to is that they will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. Every single one of us right here today, everybody watching, everybody listening, everybody that's going to play this back, we all have stuff in our life that was devastated. Listen, I don't, I've said this before many times, we, Raquel and I don't drink not because um, some religious thing that, oh, alcohol is going to send me to hell, uh, you know, or anything like that. We don't drink because of the devastation that alcohol did in our life growing up and our families and what we saw it do. Raquel sent me a TikTok the other day or Instagram, I don't remember yesterday. And it's this, uh, it's this uh, Chicano, he's pushing a, a cart out of Sam's or Costco and it is stacked this high and this wide with Corona and Modelo 
And it says when you're when you're when you're Mexican and you're you're got to get ready for the party. And then it flashes at the bottom for the three-year-old. <laughs> hey, if you're Chicano or you're Tejano, you know exactly what we're talking about, right? Sanchez is back there laughing because he knows. Man, Raquel's family, it's Wednesday, let's party. <laughs> we don't have no money. Let's just dance in the garage and split a bottle. Anyway. We saw what alcohol damaged and devastated in our family, in our, in our lives growing up. So that's why we don't, we don't want to do that. I don't want to give that any credence. No judgment if you do, okay? If you get drunk, then we get, and you, you do it, we got to have a conversation about that. That's just what the word says. Um, but we have these devastations, and he says right here that uh, they will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. There's a rebuilding process in our life, and it's this right here. It's this aspect after Christ where we go from moment to moment with him where he says, man, this is really not who you are. This is not what I want you doing. This is not how I want you thinking. You know, sometimes you may start believing that for some reason that I keep hearing that about um, when they would tell you, what are you, stupid? So I don't know if maybe that's somebody here or somebody watching. Maybe you heard that often. I keep, as I'm talking to you, I'm getting distracted because I keep hearing that phrase right over here to my right. And I know that's totally weird, but that's okay. Um, I keep hearing that. So like, like in that, when, when you hear those thoughts, man, God is trying to redeem that out of your life because he doesn't think you're stupid. Do you make bad decisions sometimes? Probably all of us do. Somebody said that the definition of stupidity is when you know something's wrong and you do it anyway, you know? So in that aspect, you may make a stupid decision, right? Like, go grab that power line. Hey, run across the freeway just to see if you can. Okay. That's a stupid decision, even though my dad would say, boy, you stupid. That doesn't mean you're stupid. Make sense? But those are the things that our freedom is given so that we can take it to, so they can rebuild, so they can restore the devastations. Look at this. Then they will renew the ruined cities and the desolations of past generations. So you and I are set free to bring freedom to people so that those people can bring more freedom so that all of us together can rebuild the city. We're meant to rebuild cities. Every one of us in here are builders. We're messengers. We're the family. We're the, we're the uh, uh, liberators, if you will. Every one of us in this place. Amen. We're the comforters because we've been smeared with the anointing of the Lord. We've been painted by him, with him, so that we can accomplish anything at all. Yes. He says here, um, they will renew uh, ruined cities and desolations of past generations. 
Foreigners will be appointed to shepherd your many flocks, and strangers will cultivate your fields and tend to your vines. If you were on the WhatsApp uh, last week, at some point, Rebecca stole my notes and decided to, uh, oh, she's not in here. She decided to, uh, I put this passage up there on the WhatsApp, and she decided like that quick, man, she, oh, I'm going to personalize this. I said, Rebecca, stop it. Go back and check the app out. And, because that's the reality of it, is, man, somebody else is going to take care of my stuff. Now, not granted, we're not going to get all into indentured servitude or anything like that, right? God's not of that. But the point in this time of history, this is how things were, is the thought that you're going to be taken care of, the thought that what you do is taken care of, the thought that your city is going to, it was devastated and it's going to be rebuilt, it's going to be renewed. Um, the part that um, your fields are going to be amazing because they're going to be cultivated. Amen? Um, verse 6 but you will, you will be known as priest of God and called servants of our God. And you will feast on the wealth of nations and revel in their riches. Because you received a double dose of shame and dishonor. Can anybody relate? Shame and dishonor. I'm sure every one of us in here have walked in some portion of life where there was something you did or something you were or some way you acted it was shameful, right? Don't raise your hand, man. That's, you know why? Because that doesn't live in us anymore. That died right here. He paid for that. And I've come to the place where, man, Lord, forgive me. I didn't, I didn't know. Man, I'm forgiven. There's no shame. There's no condemnation in your life. Now, those whispers may be there. The whispers may be there, right? Oh, remember what you did? Remember how you acted? Remember, remember, remember. Actually, no, I don't because that guy's dead. Sorry. Peace out, homie. Right? Or Spanish. I'm out of here. Because you received a double dose of shame and dishonor, you will inherit a double portion of endless joy and everlasting bliss. You actually have double honor and double anointing. Double honor and double anointing. Don't ever doubt again. Don't ever doubt what you can or can't do. What's possible or not possible. Don't ever doubt again because you've been smeared with everything so you can accomplish anything. You've been given the all so, can, so that you can take care of the need. So that they can rebuild. So that we can renew the cities. And I'll end it right here with, for I, I Yahweh, um, love fairness and justice and I hate stealing and sin. I will rightly repay them because of my faithfulness and enter into an everlasting covenant with them. He's talking about those that have lost all that list that we just read of who you and I are going to reach, he's talking about them. He says, I will repay them for their loss. Man, I love it when God gives back. I love it when God rebuilds. Anybody in here got your life being rebuilt right now? Right? It's awesome, amen? He says that um, uh, their seed will be famous among the nations and their descendants the center of attention. 
of the people, and all who see them will recognize that they are the seed that Yahweh has blessed with favor. You are more than blessed. You are anointed. You are covered. You are smeared with everything so that you and I can accomplish anything. We have this freedom, and that's what it is supposed to look like, is you and I bringing that freedom to the people and the world around us. You know, somebody asked me uh, not too long ago, and he's a good old, he's a good old Baptist boy. And he says, let me ask you something. And him and I are pretty close. We're pretty good friends. Let me ask you something. If a homosexual walked in your church, would you let him? And I real, like that, I said, absolutely. And he goes, what? You would? What? Oh, man, I thought you were old school like me. I said, not anymore. That guy's dead. And I said, can you point out to me one, one, one time, one time that Jesus ever condemned anyone or shoved anyone away? Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look. I said, I'll save you the trouble. He didn't. He goes, man, but, ah, man, I just don't. And anyway, he's in that place, and I mentioned that. Because that's a hot topic right now, right? It's a hot topic. I think it's a hot topic because the church for so long has not handled it correctly. And we can go back even further. We can go back. <laughs> I, mention, I mention a lot about women, right, and the right to vote. Or black folks and the, just the right to be. <laughs> like those are the two... Big things, right? And there's so many more. I think we've messed up and missed so many things like that. Man, Jesus is all things to all people. Loves all people. Amen? There's no, no judgment, no shame. There's simply freedom that is away. Can you imagine that? We, have, we grew up thinking that God was like Zeus with a lightning bolt and a backup to hit you and smack you. You didn't pay your tithe? Shabada! Yeah, right? <laughs> your tires go flat. Why my tires flat? Because you didn't pay your tithes, sucker. That's not God. That's not God at all. He doesn't do stuff like that. He's not that way. We have freedom to bring freedom so we can renew and rebuild the cities around us. Listen, folks, we're going after Conroe. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't, that, that's actually, that's funny because that's actually y'all's job. <laughs> The work of the ministry is for the saints, and together we're going we're gonna to find a way to reach the city of Conroe. Then we're going to scoop up the woodlands, and we're going to keep going. Willis, look out, baby, here we come. might take us a little longer to get that far up, but we're going to get there. You know why we're going to get there? Because one thing about this house, um, we may be smaller in number, but our hearts are massive. You folks actually don't have the heart of a small church. You have the heart of a city. You, you, you actually live and love in a way that brings family. That's, that's one thing everybody says about us, and I'm so proud. Uh, uh, I'm proud to do life with this house. 
I'm, I'm proud of what we are building together because you guys treat everybody like family, which is exactly how it's supposed to be. It's kind of shocking or kind of like, why is that a thing when it should be the thing, right? And everybody's got their strengths. I get all that. But we're going to change the world around us because together we're going to figure out what is, your, what is your passion. Do you want to spread the message or do you want to open prison doors? Do you want to bring comfort to those that mourn or do you want to bring the oil of gladness to those that are uh, uh, um, in sorrow? Do you, we're going to find that out. If you'll run with us, that's what we're, all we're kind of trying to do is find out how to bring that freedom to those out there so that together we can change the city. Amen? Does this make sense? Yeah? Amen. Let's, let's stand. Oh, man. Next Sunday, um, Jim is going to be bringing a message for us. We get to hear Pops. Yeah. It's Father's Day. So... I know that this, we kind of had a break in the, in the journey with COVID and the, the different things. We had all kind of different stuff happen. If you have any questions or anything maybe you don't quite understand, I, I tr- really, this is probably a six-week to a two-month ordeal for me to really bring all of my thoughts together of this. And I know that sometimes I rabbit trail, so forgive me if I, if I wasn't clear on certain aspects or, or things, and if I wasn't and you have questions or you want to talk, man, please, let's talk, you know. Um, let's, let's sit down and discuss it because there's so much to this. But what I want everyone to know, you're watching, you're listening, you're here in the house, is you have freedom to bring freedom. You, you, you were um, wonderfully and beautifully designed and created to bring what you carry to the world around us. There's even people going to be in this house right here that need the one of you that is uh, the comforter in the time of sorrow. That's your strong point. We need you in this house because some of us are going to have sorrow and may even have it now, and we need that comfort. And on and on and on. So let me pray for you. I will tell you this. What I want to encourage you to do is to ask the Lord. So I, I, I love that, that phrase that he smeared us with everything so we could accomplish anything. I love that. But I want to understand that. I want to understand that when I'm at the gas station and the guy next to me is yelling at his wife. I want to understand that the next time we go to Top Golf and this lady walks in cussing everybody and, and, and doing all her thing, right? Or God forbid that someone has a wreck in front of me and um, that I know how to handle that. I, I want to, I've been given everything so I can accomplish anything. Amen? So pray, I want to pray for the understanding of how to see that, how to unlock that, how to step into that. But I want to ask you all to begin to ask the Lord, man, Lord, what am I smeared with? Or what am I smeared for? What did you paint me for? What did you, what did you put on me for me to accomplish out there? Amen? Let's begin to ask those questions 
Because it's time for us, church, it's time for core church, we, it's time for us to, to take a step. We're doing a few things here and there, uh, but it, it, it's, it's um, I, I'm sorry if I, this is wrong, but this is not enough. It's time for us to take a step. We've got too much to give and too much to bring. There's too many chains to break loose. Um, and so we've got to find a way to get all of us an opportunity to do that. So, Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for each and every person in this place, everyone listening online or those watching the replay of this. I, I, I just, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the understanding of freedom would go to a new level, that the, the understanding of the anointing um, would come to... Uh, to a new place with us so that we can simply run with our destiny, that we can run with our purpose, that we can run to what you are doing and what you want to do. And we pray for our city. We pray for our family first here, Father. For those, man, there's, there's family here, Father, uh, and anyone struggling, anyone that is uh, hurting, anyone that's devastated, anyone uh, that is in any state like that at all, we pray for them in the name of Jesus. We pray that our freedom would be in the place to help those around us. And we pray for our city. We pray for Conroe. We call Conroe out to freedom in the name of Jesus. We call the city of Conroe to release captives, uh, to, to not be bound itself as a city. Uh, we pray for this. It's a, it's a lifeblood. We have the river that runs through here that brings life, that brings sustenance. We have the largest aquifer, uh, underground aquifer, uh, I believe, in the whole southern United States. It supplies water and life. It supplies nutrition for several states. Uh, Lord, it's right here underneath our city. Uh, there's just so much else, Lord. There's so much good business. It's the fastest growing city in the U.S. right now. We thank you for all of those things that mean something, Father. Help us to see what we need to do to reach our city. And I pray for strength and courage. I pray against the attack of the enemy, the attack of the system of darkness over our people, over this city. And we thank you for the goodness of your hand. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. We, man, we love you all. God bless you. Be safe. Um, if you have any questions or you need prayer for anything, please just come right up here and see Raquel and I. Um, begin to pray for our city. I, I, I would, you know, how Raquel's been talking about just give a, give a dial, talk, have a dialogue with the Lord, right? Just talk with the Lord back and forth. Man, talk with the city. What? You're crazy. They're going to send you up to Rusk. Uh, <laughs> man, as you're driving around, just speak to Conroe. Man, it's Conroe. I, I, I call out freedom in the name of Jesus. It's actually biblical. I love you all. God bless. Be safe.